Hello and welcome to Cardio Care Now, a special podcast series led by our moderator, Dr. Seth Martin. Dr. Martin is a cardiologist and an associate professor at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine in Baltimore, Maryland. The views of the speakers are their own and do not reflect the views of their respective institutions. Hello again, Seth Martin here, host of the Cardio Care Now podcast. Welcome back to our second episode. We're really thrilled to have Dr. Francoise Marble as our guest today. I think you're going to be really blown away by her insight. So Dr. Marble is a cardiologist, a fellow cardiologist with me at Johns Hopkins. She is a fellow co-founder of Corey Health, a digital health startup company in the cardiovascular disease space. And she is an expert um, clinician and digital health innovator. We're really lucky to have her here today. So welcome, Francoise. Thank you so much, Dr. Martin. I'm really thrilled to be here as part of this podcast talking about digital health today. Thank you. And, and we can go by first names. You and I are quite good friends at this point. So very true. Uh, <laughs> so I think in our last episode, we got to touch on some really important concepts with Yvonne Commodore Mensa around health equity. And we started to explore the potential of technology as one of the tools that we can use to advance the mission of health equity in, in the cardiovascular disease space, but for health in general. And I think as you and I have our conversation today, we'll have a chance to really dive into the potential for technology even further and build on that prior conversation and and, and really give the audience a glimpse into the what's going to be the future of digitally enabled care. And I think though to start to set some context for people to better understand who you are and, and where your insights are coming from. Do you, would you mind sharing some about your personal journey into digital health and why you're so passionate about digital health? I'd love to, Seth. Thanks for the introduction and for um, the incredible contributions that you've been making in this field too. So it's, it's really an honor to be here um, with you. And, and I think starting with the journey is so important because I really hope today that we get a chance to inspire those who are interested to expand their, their impact uh, in whether it's cardiology or medicine or being a clinician um, by in, engaging in digital health, whether it's at the patient's bedside or maybe undertaking a research project. So where my life really started going in the direction of digital health was a very personal topic, actually. I was always fascinated with how digital health and technology tools were starting to become part of everyday life. In fact, when I was a medical student, I was interested in how we could go from scribbling notes in a notepad uh, from our attendings and those pearls of wisdom to actually having it on our phone. And so that was my first attempt and first uh, adventure into developing smartphone applications and creating a, a guidebook for medical students to get tips pearls and guidance from uh, attendings and leaders in, in the clinical field um, by, by creating an app that helped to uh, provide those tips digitally. And I knew as I, was, as I was training that really this was such an interesting space that I think could really take off both from the clinician standpoint to patient-facing tools. And as I had the, uh, the excellent and great fortune to uh, start training at Johns Hopkins, 
I started to really seek out those kinds of opportunities. But as I was seeking out those opportunities, I was at a crossroads in my personal life in that my father was diagnosed with a rare cardiovascular disease. And that really impacted my passion and my, my vision for how I wanted to change the way that patient care engagement and empowerment happened because I was with my father, with my family at the bedside, really experiencing what it was like to be a patient. And it's challenging. It's, it's frustrating. It can be overwhelming. And I realized that really a lot of times patients and families go to their, their phone, they go to websites, they go to try to figure out if there's tools to better understand and connect the dots. And it inspired me to figure out a better way to, impro- to approach patient engagement, a better way to deliver guideline-directed care, and a better way for us to really understand as clinicians the patient experience and how we're going to better care for them. And so during my intern year, uh, I, I really, I had a big, a big milestone and challenge that I did lose my father to cardiovascular disease, but it left a, a, it left an impression on me that was so incredible in that I knew things had to be different. I knew that I could help. And this was really going to be my journey building digital health tools around engaging and empowering patients around delivering health technology at the bedside that makes care delivery better. It makes health an everyday activity and it brings patients, families, and clinicians closer together. And so this is where I started my journey at Hopkins and training in digital health and building a digital health solution. And I started that by becoming part of an accelerator program, which I really encourage those listening to seek out whether you're looking at, um, you're here at the Hopkins program and I was part of the Hexite program. Maybe you're on the West Coast looking at Stanford's Biodesign School, or maybe your institution has programs that can help get you involved in accelerated programs. But I was part of this program that connected me with like-minded individuals looking to take ideas from concept all the way to a product, a commercial scalable solution that was going to help change healthcare. And so that was really phenomenal. And it actually led me to finding out who was the leader in digital health and cardiology in really making um, uh innovations and, and thoughtfulness and, um, and really leading the way in the space. And it, and it, it led me to you, Seth. Um, so that's what I'm building up to is <laughs> that, you know, I was there in the Hexite program, meeting business leaders, engineers, innovators, and thought leaders. And it, it really, um, it compelled us to try to figure out who's the best in the field that's going to move this forward. And I have to say, it's not just because you're leading the podcast here. Um, but, but, that networking and, com- and connection with meeting you was a key point in accelerating what became a really cool um, and impactful Corey digital health platform, which we'll talk about more. But, you know, in summary, I think finding out what digital health means to you as a person, how that's going to be professionally or personally really important, and then seeking out pathways to start to grow um, in terms of your skill set and your network to make that happen was critical. And, and I'll pause there because I do think that um, there's much more to the story, but this, these were some key points 
um, that really led me in the direction of digital health. Well, thank you, Francoise. And we can, of course, feel your passion. And it's a really amazing journey that you've had in digital health. And I'm personally very thankful to have, have met you and to be on the journey with you. Uh, and I think it's a journey that's just beginning, right? Um, we've uh, had some uh, exciting progress and learned a lot. And I think maybe you know, now's a good time to reflect a bit on what we've learned so far. And, and as you think you're such, you, ha you have such an exciting vision for the future, as you think about where this journey is going and the, the impact that you can have, where, where do you see this, this going in terms of the next 10 years or so, as you envision mm -hmm. the world of digitally powered cardiovascular care? What does that future look like? Um, tell us more about that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Seth. I, you know, I really see, I think we're both similar in this, that we're, we're futurists. We're thinking about what's not just happening now, but what's happening in 2050. And when I think about what the next 10 years holds for cardiovascular care or internal medicine, what your specialty may be, the point is, is that wearables, sensors, smartphone applications that used to be thought as something that patients weren't going to, they were going to struggle to adopt, or it was going to be difficult to disseminate. It's becoming part of everyday life. And I strongly believe that we're going to move beyond the intermittent evaluation that occurs in our current healthcare system, where we use routine follow-ups and a clinic-based appointment. We have hospitalized care for emergencies. I think we're gonna move beyond that health model to more of a continuous model that's supported by health technology. And I think that as we have a vision, as you just, you know, you, you pulled one of the most um, greatest thought leaders here in your last podcast, um, Dr. Commodore Mensa around health disparities. I believe that addressing health disparities is something that is going to happen in the next 10 years by extending the access and the reach of guideline-directed medical therapies outside of the hospital, outside of our clinics, whether they're here in Hopkins or they're in our community in Baltimore, we have to go beyond the brick and mortar and leverage these tools in a in a way that is evidence-based, much like the way that we approached developing our MyCore study, where we tested the technology within the healthcare um, continuum and saw that it made a difference, use these kinds of tools to make sure that we're delivering the promise of digital health, reaching more patients, and using a continuous care model instead of our current intermittent care model system, which I believe falls short of what we're capable of delivering as a, as a healthcare system. I also think, you know, to just make one more point here, um, Seth, and, and this is something we're both very interested in, is harnessing the power of machine learning and the deep networks of data collection and how we can intelligently generate, collect, and then refine that data to make actionable insights. You know, I'll, I'll use a quick example here. I think um, when, you, when you consider what our current hospital discharge process is, and I know many of our listeners 
are, are thinking to themselves now, that's something we could probably make some improvement on. We all know that, that care transition is really challenging. And we know that it's riddled with challenges that are very traditional, paper-based models, handoffs, uh, uh, fragmented care from the inpatient to the outpatient setting. Using a patient example, we had a patient who was in her 50s, had multiple cardiac issues. I'll, I'll use her name because she has co-published with it, us. Her name's Tammy. She's a 56-year-old who had her second heart attack when we met her. She had hyperlipidemia, hypertension, smoker, history of social determinants of health challenges like low socioeconomic status, incarceration, and low social support. And when we met her in the hospital, we decided let's try something different. Let's move away from the traditional paper-based system. Let's try to re-engineer this process by providing a smartphone application that had the fundamentals of guideline-directed medical therapy, medication adherence, education, strong follow-up, and making sure that the patient has guidance towards what happened in the hospital and a way to keep track of that, including their care providers. And let's provide them with ways to monitor key cardiovascular metrics, like a smart watch. We use an Apple watch in this case and a blood pressure monitor. We used an Omron blood pressure monitor in this case. What happens when you give someone like Tammy technology that we could see being the future of heart attack recovery? Well, when you look at what we found for patients like Tammy and others that were studied in our MyCore trial, 200 heart attack patients that were given a new, really innovative approach to in engaging patients with guideline-directed medical therapy after suffering a heart attack, what happens to them during that hospitalization and after 30 days? Do they have that same risk of you know, nearly one in six coming back within 30 days, which is our national standard of readmission post-MI? No, actually what we found is that by using a new and innovative approach, we were able to drive down readmission rates by 52% using this new technology that's written at the sixth grade level that focuses on guideline-directed medical therapy and is help, it was designed by a, a company, um, clearly Apple, who has a lot of experience in making things simple. So, you know, I use that as an example, Seth, because I believe the data and the empowerment that comes from digital health is going to be a game changer in the next two, 10 years. And it's happening now. We just need to find ways to uh, scale it. And I think highlight people like Tammy, who in, in otherwise traditional healthcare systems would likely be left out of these types of services and perhaps not connect with guideline-directed care due to health disparities. But we were able to reach her. We were able to succeed. And I think these are examples that should be highlighted and be the hallmark of what we can expect over the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Francoise. It's um, clearly uh, we're at a time where we can turn these disruptive ideas into reality and, and reach patients like Tammy to, to really um, deliver the care that, that people deserve and to close these, these gaps in the, um, that come between all the clinical trials and guidelines and then the real world implementation. And clearly there's been success uh, with empowering patients uh, that we've seen with our 
our early experience with the Cori Health app in heart attack patients. And Yvonne Commodore Mensa spoke some about the power of technology in hypertension. Um, uh, I'm curious if maybe you could elaborate some more on the Cori Health experience. And since, since so much of our audience is um, made up of clinicians, if you could, all, could specifically speak to kind of the, the clinician facing side of things um, and maybe, maybe a touch on, because we've spent quite a bit of time um, specifically in the realm of virtual cardiac rehabilitation, where the clinical side of things is critically important uh, to guide the patients in terms of their exercise prescriptions, but overall uh, risk factor modification. So I wonder if you could share a bit more of the details there and, 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 and as that relates to what clinicians sort of should expect um, as the digital health field grows, you know, how this is going to change the way that they, they approach their practice and what data will be available to them and, and so forth. Absolutely. That's a great question. I'd love to, you know, discuss this more. So when you think about how, um, for, well, first to, to describe Corey Health in a, in a little more detail here, it's an evidence-based digital health program. It really is foundational on a smartphone application that can pair with wearables and sensors that fits your patient's needs. For example, if you have a patient that you're thinking about, I'd like to know what their physical activity, heart rate, and I think they'd benefit from reminders, then pairing that with a smartwatch, whether it be a Fitbit or an Apple watch could be quite useful clinically. Um, and then of course, if they have high blood pressure or perhaps they're at risk for developing high blood pressure, monitoring with a wireless blood pressure cuff is a, another opportunity to pair with the Cori application. And the application itself really focuses on the fundamentals of guideline-directed medical therapy. So again, using American Heart Association, American College of Cardiology's standards of care, it really focuses on help that, help each of your patients be reminded and stay on track with their daily care plan. That could be making sure that they're taking their lisinopril, their aspirin, their atorvastatin to keep their cholesterol under good control. And then being able to get their activity in for the day based on what their goals are. And then setting educational goals. As we know, some patients have different health literacy and might be searching things on the internet or might not know where to get started, but Corey helps them get started by providing educational videos, as well as some articles that are really written at a level for sixth graders and above. So it really makes it simple to connect with key educational concepts. The other thing is that we make sure to engage and empower patients to stay connected with their continuity of care. So it's really important that follow-up appointments be clear and scheduled within their application so that they know when they're coming up and they don't miss important appointments with you. Um, so, you know, really, really critical. Um, and so when you think about, well, okay, this is great from a um, patient facing, what am I going to see on the clinician side? Well, let me give you an example. We had a retired airline employee who had his first heart attack and it was really frightening to him. And as you can imagine, we, we 
met him within the hospital and were able to get him onboarded um, to our new virtual cardiac rehab program because he's, he's relatively busy. Although he's in retirement life, he still is not able to make three sessions of cardiac rehab every week. And he really wanted to be part of a program that worked with him and met him where he was at in terms of time commitment and could also save him the costs of transportation and parking to the hospital. So we engaged him within the virtual cardiac rehab program. And from the clinician side, what you're gonna see when a patient starts to engage in programs like virtual cardiac rehab is the opportunity to look in real time over a dashboard that at a glance can give you actionable items. So I know all of us might be a little tired from the multiple clicks of Epic and the layers and, and depth of Epic that you need to go through to get to the answer, which is, does my patient have well-controlled blood pressure? On our clinician dashboard, quickly you can see trends to let you know whether they're at that goal. And if not, then be able to toggle over and see what is their medication adherence like? Are they sticking to that ACE inhibitor I put them on last week? Or are they having trouble sticking with taking that medication? I need to address medication adherence. Or perhaps they're doing wonderful and I need to consider a second agent to get to the AHA-ACC goal of less than 130 over 80. So the, the dashboard and the clinical experience is to help you better manage patients, better support your patients in a, in a continuous fashion like we talked about before, instead of being surprised during a follow-up visit. This is an opportunity for you to be able to take a look and have a sense of how patients are doing with a, with a program and with therapy. When, um, when you're considering, oh, sorry, go ahead, Seth. Oh, no, please continue. Yeah, yeah. so I was just gonna say, you know, when we think about, um, when we think about Andy, this patient that I mentioned, um, who's actually shared a, a video uh, a story of his experience, he was so excited about the virtual program. I think what, um, what was really key here is that he's, he's more than happy to start participating and sharing health data so that we can better care for him after suffering a heart attack. And he's delighted to be able to actually connect with why he's on that statin and where his LDL levels are. And what's really great is that as a clinician, all in one place, you get to see that impact of guideline directed medical therapy, both that he's taking the statin at the dose that you prescribed and doing well with it. He's reading about cholesterol and how to lower his cholesterol, how to eat a heart healthy diet. And then you actually get to see the LDL level there and see whether he's at the goal of less than 70 per AHA ACC guidelines. So this is just an example from a clinician and a patient standpoint, how a program like virtual cardiac rehab is not only innovative, but in a way, it's making it easier to reach those guideline directed goals. And it's doing it in a way that's convenient and congruent with what our patients are really seeking, which is make health easy, make health empowering and make health something that's part of everyday life, not just once every three or six months. Right, right, right. And uh, this um, clearly clearly from a clinician standpoint, we're not trying to replace clinicians with technology, but we're trying to augment clinicians, but help clinicians be more effective, help clinicians be more efficient uh, and reach, reach more patients. And as we 
reach uh, patients like you described, uh, that there's these may be patients who would have otherwise um, gone without the appropriate guideline directed care and suffered additional events and, and really devastating outcomes. So it's a chance to reach, reach people and really scale up access to all our, to all our knowledge and guidelines and, and, and effective treatments. And, and clearly we're, we're at the, the start of this. Um, the, when it come, when it comes to health equity and really reaching everybody and giving everybody an opportunity to achieve their optimal cardiovascular health, we will need to have strategies and programs to overcome this digital divide. In, um, in Baltimore, our city is committed to overcoming the digital divide in the next decade. And Francoise, you personally are leading an, an amazing project with, with, which is really bringing together a lot of collaborative creativity uh, between Corey Health and Cardio Nerds and other leaders at, at Hopkins and in Baltimore uh, to address the digital divide. Um, and I wonder if you could share more about, about um, that specific project and, and your insights into what our audience can do to, to, really, um, to really address the digital divide and best support our, our patients and start thinking about what their particular clinical practice or their health system, how they may be able to, to get involved. Absolutely. This is such an important topic. And we're so, we're so thrilled to be selected by the American College of Cardiology to lead the bridging, uh, the digital divide, because ultimately, just as our vision is at Hopkins and the MTech Center at Corey, at, you know, all our digital health lab here, we want digital health for all. This is a all or none, right? And so how do we make sure that we reach every patient, whether they have resources or not, whether they have digital health literacy or not? And what we're proposing to do is really a first of its kind. Um, it's so exciting because we're not just bringing digital health technology together. We're, we're not just focusing on the tech, we're focusing on the community. And we're focusing on a community, Seth, which is a known underserved, marginalized African and Hispanic American group of young adults. And what's so special about reaching these students and these young adults and these future leaders of our, of our country is that they're unfortunately some of the least likely individuals to get cardiovascular health screening, to get access to primary care, to get access to preventative services. And by falling through the cracks, unfortunately, these young people are often at high risk for suffering from early heart disease. And so what we're really striving to do, and I'm so, you know, Seth, the fact that you're, you're part of this and you're a major leader on this project as well with your leadership uh, with Chicaroni Center, um, with your leadership here in the Digital Health Lab and the MTech Center, you have really brought an incredible amount of expertise and resources to basically combine everything that we're doing with Corey and the Johns Hopkins Digital Health Lab with our partners, the cardio nerds who have a social media podcast uh, platform 
to really, uh, really address this from two different approaches. The first is that we want to train and we want to inspire our community leaders to be ambassadors of health by learning about these digital health tools, by building their digital health literacy. So that's really our step one, is we're creating an educational podcast series powered by cardio nerds, much like as we're learning here, right, on our podcast, sharing our views and visions with an incredibly talented and and, and, and inspirational audience out there. Cardio nerds is going to do this with in our underserved Baltimore community focused in on Morgan State, which is a historically black university. And we have leaders within, in fact, I have a, I have a meeting later today. We're focusing on leaders who are within. So these are student leaders that are underrepresented African-American and Hispanic American um, individuals who want to champion being part of this cardio nerds podcast, gaining the skills that they need to interact with these digital health tools, specifically the Corey platform. And then ultimately we will be taking the Corey platform and building in educational, impactful messages, materials, resources, and screening opportunities to work with, with hundreds of of students and community members within Morgan State to really make an impact on, on young adults and cardiovascular health. And once we start to deliver these within these strategic health hubs that we'll be doing based on interest groups within Morgan State and also at um, health fairs and educational opportunities, we will be having that impact over the next year. And ultimately, be sharing the results of our um, community engagement program and hopefully be able to share how we really improved cardiovascular preventive services by leveraging digital health tools, including a platform called Cardio Nerds that's based on Twitter, but also has presence on Instagram. And then of course, using our evidence-based Corey Health platform to deliver cardiovascular preventive education and screening to underserved and underrepresented African-American and, and Hispanic American groups at Morgan State. And it is, I can tell you right now, it is gaining a lot of momentum from Hopkins, from Morgan State, from the American College of Cardiology. And more. the more stakeholders we work with at the community level as well, the more interest we are getting in growing this program because ultimately, it has the opportunity to reach that promise of digital health, which is extending access to preventive care, to therapeutic care and screening for people who need it the most and oftentimes do not get it. So, so excited about this, Seth. Thanks for asking about it and uh, can't wait to keep working on this together. Yeah, thanks for sharing about it, Francoise. And it's you know, uh, exciting in so many ways, um, including reaching the youth and the youth then um, benefiting, but also being a uh, way to, to reach other generations and really spread um, digital liter literacy and, and really overcome, uh, as well as resources and, and overcome the digital divide. And I, what I think could happen here is that what's happening um, 
with this uh, with this effort in Baltimore could become a model for others around the country. So I certainly would encourage anyone in the audience that uh, even if you're not in Baltimore, if you're interested in in the ideas that are being shared, to uh, to reach out and 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 hopefully that Baltimore will become a, a model that could then be replicated elsewhere. And and there could be learnings from different cities about what what works and doesn't work and and so forth. So thank you for sharing, Francoise. Absolutely. Um, so I I guess as our time as our time comes to a close that this would be a good opportunity to, um, you expressed everything so beautifully and clearly, but there, you know, clearly there's so much more. And I wonder where our audience, you could direct them to learn more about some of what you discussed, some of the best resources, and we can make sure to include some of these um, in, in links uh, to the, below the, together with the podcast so that our listeners, if they, if they have time and interest can go find out more. Absolutely. And I, I just have had so I've really enjoyed this. And I have to say, you know, credit to you, Seth, you're very humble, but I just want to shout out that you are leading the international, national top programs in digital health through your work at the American Heart Association as the director for our MTech Center, just returning from Apple and Stanford recently. Um, to being co-director, thankfully you uh, helped make me co-director, thank you, for our digital health lab here at Johns Hopkins, to leading um, and co-founding with Corey Health and really making an evidence-based program that's having such a huge impact and we're so excited about where it's headed. Um, and so many other uh, major contributions you make in digital health, including leading this podcast. And I'll, I'm a huge fan of it. <laughs> so I just want to, um, you know, again, give you some kudos there um, and, and thank you. And for those that are listening, thanks for listening. You know, I think your interest in digital health is critical to making this a huge success and to making our patients and our clinicians have another experience and level of impact um, with their own lives, whether they're the patient and they're getting better outcomes or they're connecting with a family member who has heart disease or that clinician where you're sitting back and wondering, gosh, I'd love to just kind of know how to better manage this patient and get them more engaged in their care and bring that joy back in, in my practice. Um, and I just want to say thank you for listening. Um, to find more resources, there's, I'm going to list four resources here that I think are really high yield. Um, first is the American Medical Association's Telehealth Implementation Playbook. This is a very well-written description of how you can take digital health into your own healthcare setting, whether you're in a community practice or you're in an academic center. This really has key points all the way from considering different opportunities, devices, platforms, to how you start those discussions with administrators and stakeholders around adopting new technology. And then really understanding how to make it sustainable. What are some of the uh, revenue streams and CPT reimbursement codes that are currently being used? So all of that is packed into this uh, telehealth implement implementation playbook, which we'll have the link listed. Um, the second is the American Heart Association has put together a digital health article collection. 
This really pulls together articles in the emerging and important field of digital health across AHA's vast portfolio of journals. So you really have a lot to choose from, and we'll include a link to that. Um, I'm also going to include, uh, for the American College of Cardiology, we have a lot of opportunities to get hands-on with digital health devices and healthcare innovation. We have two dedicated groups to that. And I will include uh, a contact person who, if you're interested, maybe already part of ACC, or perhaps you're interested in joining, could provide you opportunities to join these uh, interest groups that are really phenomenal. And then lastly, if you'd like to learn more, for example, of what we're doing at CORI in terms of our scientific publications, learn more about the MyCore trial that I have referenced through this discussion. Tammy uh, co-authored a story with us. So if you'd like to learn more about her journey um, and then our cost effectiveness analysis as well. So coreyhealth.com and that'll be listed in the resources. Uh, again, it's been a pleasure to be part of this podcast and I really wanna thank the team here as well as Seth for such a fun discussion and productive discussion. Thanks so much, Francoise. You're always so generous with your comments and I would like to echo what you said. Thank you to everybody who's tuned in. I hope that you found the conversation useful. I hope that we can continue to build a broad digital health community that's going to really advance care, as I said earlier, turn these really disruptive ideas into reality. And this gives you a taste of some of the, the ideas that we're going to continue to explore in this podcast series. I look forward to building on this conversation in, uh, in future episodes. Thank you so much, Francoise, for joining us. It was a real pleasure. Thank you, Seth. Pleasure's all mine. For more cardiology content, visit our website, consultant360.com.